This is Asia in Focus from Control Risks, the global specialist risk consultancy. Each episode of Asia in Focus brings you in-depth analysis and perspective from our experts in Asia Pacific on the issues that matter most to businesses. Hi, everyone. This is Angela Mancini, partner at Control Risks, and I head up our Asia Pacific Markets Group. Today, we're going to cover the lift of the Shanghai lockdown. As we all know, there was an unprecedented Shanghai citywide lockdown for two months, and it's been lifted in uh, most forms since June 1. Of course, the lockdown impacted not just Shanghai, but actually many parts of China that were facing new COVID-related restrictions. And this was something newer for China. They hadn't had to face these issues, unlike the rest of the world, for the last couple of years. The impact there was great. It's really been the talk of the town in many cities with respect to regional CEOs of businesses wondering how they're going to operate during the lockdown, how they're going to think about business after the lockdown. And what we're going to do today is talk through with our senior people on the ground what actually has been happening in that market and more importantly, what to look for now in a post-COVID world. Clients really need to be asking themselves how to stop focusing on the immediate problems of COVID and getting back to ensuring that they have a successful and resilient business here in the medium and the long term. That was Yifei Zhang, General Manager for Control Risks in East China. Yifei and the team have been supporting our clients with respect to COVID lockdowns since they started. And it's been a very interesting time for the team there. Many people on the ground working with our clients, thinking about what they're actually facing, and again, how they should take things forward as they're pulling out of this situation. A lot of issues that have been going on very, very intensely over the past few weeks. Let's start with a recap. Yifei, if we turn the clocks back to March, probably nobody would have expected that the entire city would have locked down the way it did for two months. I guess the first question I'd like to ask you is, what are some of the key lessons businesses should take from that experience? Thanks, Angela. I certainly didn't expect it to be two months. Uh, I'm delighted it's not four months, uh, but I remember going to the lockdown and uh, saying to colleagues and saying to family, this is probably going to be longer than just a couple weeks. But it's been a very interesting experience. I think in terms of lessons, the big one that I'm taking away is really that politics takes precedent, right? The government is really serious about zero COVID or these uh, dynamic lockdown kind of approaches, and it's willing to suffer pretty serious economic costs in order to enforce that policy. And that's really because it's a political issue and it's a national security issue as much as it is a public health or business issue. So actually, that's something control risks on the ground here has been saying to our clients since 2020. You know, we have to get away from thinking about COVID and how the Chinese government adopts enforcement or policy on COVID as just a public health or business issue. Of course, this time it's been much more dramatic. But outside of the immediate COVID lockdown effects, and of course, there were a lot and there will continue to be a lot of ongoing effects. Uh, you know, there are a lot of other concerns that don't really just magically poof, go away, right? So I think that's another pretty important lesson to take away from this is that COVID, as much as it is here as almost everywhere else in the world, uh, it doesn't just change some of the existing concerns. It, it really re-heightens some of the concerns that people already have about business here. Uh, so a lot of our multinationals before COVID 
everybody was worried about local competition, regulatory uncertainty, supply chain disruption, geopolitical uncertainty. And I think we'd argue uh, COVID doesn't change that. It, it just reinforces some of those existing concerns. Yeah, and amplifies them to a, a great deal, depending, of course, on which sector you're in. And I know you've seen a lot of that over the past few weeks. So looking ahead then now into the future, I mean, you know, a lot of headlines have focused on the lockdown. And I think some people may even think you're still in lockdown. But actually, as you know, because um, you're out there every day talking to our clients, we're out, you're out of lockdown. And looking into the future, the recent tone from the government has been that the government is going to pursue both an anti-COVID policy, but as well as an economic growth policy. So it's not an either or choice. Um, so some kind of, you know, quote unquote, new normal for trying to coordinate those efforts in China at this stage, right? So in some, then what does that mean for businesses in the short term? What, how are businesses going to navigate through that? And what should they be expecting? Thanks, Angela. I think that's a really good question that a lot of clients really have kind of been coming to us and sort of wringing their hands a little bit saying, you know, how do I make sense of this? You know, what's my business going to be like in three months, six months, a year from now, if it's still going to be like this? Uh, the reality is the government's going to continue this balancing act of pretty forceful zero COVID implementation. And they're going to weigh that against introducing further incentives to get, you know, the economy, but especially private business back up and succeeding and growing. I don't really think we're going to be able to see the full effect of that balancing, you know, the forceful COVID versus the economic incentives until later this year. So a lot depends on how bad the second quarter in China really was. There are a lot of indications that it was very, very bad, but also what the third quarter is going to look like. But I think that dynamic of that balancing, that shifting between those two priorities is probably going to continue. In that atmosphere, in that kind of new normal, what we're saying to clients isn't, let's focus on when is zero COVID ending. But let's look beyond that and start asking some questions that we can actually operationally implement. So some of the things we're suggesting are, you know, have you started to do a reassessment of your continuity planning in China? All right, this is a pretty good opportunity to sort of understand if you've drawn any lessons uh, from this recent round of lockdowns of the, uh, this new crisis. You know, are you learning from this and are you building resilience into your organization here as part of your COVID recovery? And then what are other people in your industry doing? All the other MNCs, the Chinese companies, the competitors, what are people doing to adjust and prepare for what's likely going to be a pretty turbulent market for the rest of the year? The answer doesn't have to completely come from inside our own heads. We have good tools and good ways of understanding what other people are kind of doing to, to make those kind of preparations. And then finally, you know, back to kind of what we were saying before as well, don't forget about the long-term trends, right? Uh, you know, there's the rise of local alternatives, the national champions, the challenging environment for operations, the tactic coupling. You know, there's going to be a huge set of other issues that are going to impact whether or not you're going to be a successful business here in the next three to five years, other than just COVID. So make sure not to forget about those other things. We'll return to the conversation with Yifei in just a moment, but if you're interested to read more about our analysis on this specific topic, you can click on the link below in our podcast notes. And if you're interested in analysis on other topics that are similar to this, 
We have experts from all over the world that are thinking about writing about and recording podcasts on many types of issues. And these are all located in the Our Thinking section on the Contreras website, which you can click through here or you can click on the link in our podcast notes. So with that, we'll get back to our discussion with Yifei. Yifei, so clearly, again, as we've discussed at length, a lot of the headline attention as it relates to doing business in China in recent weeks has all been about COVID control and what's going to happen there, right? If we look past that again, and we think about some of the you know, perhaps neglected at this stage, underlying business issues that are being faced there. Let's spend a minute talking about those because we've spent, as control risk, we've spent years advising clients about how to most effectively and efficiently operate their foreign investments in China and how to navigate the quite rapidly at some points changing regulatory environment, the geopolitical environment, the trade environment, and the rest of it. And again, in recent weeks, the tension's all been on COVID. But where we stand now, given the cards were dealt with the geopolitical situation and the regulatory risk situation now, what should clients be looking at in terms of perhaps some special issues they need to pay attention to for their businesses that they might have been overlooking in the last couple of months? Yeah, thanks, Angela. It's a very good question. I think depending on the subset or the sort of industry you're in, people are going to have different focuses. And I think that's pretty sensible. But there are a few things that carry across industries that we really want to highlight for all sorts of different multinationals here. The first is we get a lot of different clients in manufacturing and industrials, right? automotive, high-tech companies. Uh, and then we also work with household brands and consumer products. And actually, depending on who you're selling to, depending on whether it's a corporate or it's the guy making purchases off Taobao, the Chinese consumer is pretty discerning, right? Actually, a lot of people sort of outside the country don't see that directly, but Chinese consumers tend to be actually pretty well educated about what they're buying. And they tend to be very, very picky uh, because they're sort of spoiled for choice. So we tell clients they really need to sort of double down into understanding where their brand and how their consumers really think about them. So the sentiment from the market, what is it? And do you really get a good sense of what people buying from you really think about you? You know, is this a, I have to buy from you because there's no better alternative out there? Or do they really think you share the same kind of priorities, the same values, the same kind of priorities that they have? And I think the other part of that is China still a pretty important, if not the most important market for a lot of these MNCs, right? So even if you want to diversify further across APAC, and you know we hear a lot about sort of this China plus one, go to Vietnam, go to Southeast Asia, go to Indonesia, go to Malaysia, that's having a diversified strategy is important. But we do start getting these questions now about a China exit. And I think that's still pretty dramatic, right? We're talking for a lot of these big companies, we're talking about uh, if they're really thinking about that, that's the equivalent of quitting something like 20%. And for some companies, it's even more like above 40 or 50% of your global revenue stream. You know, that's really not realistic. People are freaked out about where geopolitics are. But at the end of the day, the C-suite needs to buckle down and really understand how to continue to protect and then incrementally grow their market share here. So I think for people making those kind of decisions, they really need a good understanding of how 
the regulations and the policies here might get used by competitors to gain an advantage, right? That that question doesn't go away, right? So China's interested in building local champions. The government's interested in supporting local champions. Consumers like the story of local champions and the nationalistic local brand. And that kind of goes back to that first point I made. They don't just like foreign brands caving to politics in home countries. So how do you work with these guys? How do you learn from them? Uh, but most importantly, how do you understand them so you can make good business decisions to make sure that 20% doesn't just poof, turn to 15% or 10% or you know even lower, lower numbers in, in the next couple of years. And then one that I think is really, really important, uh, and we've been stressing for a couple of years now is, you know, really, how do you deal with your data in China, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you make use of it elsewhere? So a lot of companies are really still thinking about setting up and expanding here because they recognize that China's not just a place to sell stuff, it's a place to develop stuff. It's a place to stay ahead of the global tech race, right? And that's because it's a great area to test new technology, watch for new developments, understand new approaches, new designs, the kind of old problems. But, you know, you're as the same way as everywhere else, if you're collecting a lot of info about the users of your tech here, or you're collecting a lot of information about local citizens and making use of it elsewhere or trying to interpret it elsewhere, you know, you're going to expect the regulators are going to come out and ask whether you're putting in place the right controls and the right protections. That is a global trend. You know, it's been years since the CSL has come out. It's been some time now since the PIPL has come out. I'm still surprised by how people are sort of not giving the data in China issue a top three concern at the operational level um, for their business here. Yeah, and you speak about the China cybersecurity law and privacy acts there. And as you well know, a lot of clients end up getting into trouble simply because they didn't understand the regulation. So, you know, a lot of times clients say we're having problems in a certain market and we think it's because there's some malfeasance perhaps in the competitive or the regulatory space. And actually, it just comes down to uh, mismanagement and misunderstanding of their actual regulatory risk and how to actually properly execute a compliance program around these new laws. So I think that's that's a critical one, and I'm glad you raised it. It is also interesting to think about this concept of China market exit. And I think we do hear around the region, some of the regional C-suite for foreign multinationals mention that, but it's not many of them. But I think to your point, to the extent that it is some of them, you know, one also has to worry about the, you know, the overall percentage of income from your global um, business that comes from China. And it's, to your point, really hard to see how people um, can replace that if they do end up wanting to walk away. So this is a really interesting insight into how people are actually discussing these business issues on the ground there in China. One last question for you, if I can push you a little bit further into thinking about what businesses might be, be facing in the longer term. What I hear you saying is, Let's not worry about when the next COVID restriction lockdown might happen. The real issue is how you think about operating in the medium to long term in China, given the fact that there will be a very strict COVID policy, whatever that looks like as variants progress and whatnot, given the regulatory environment, given the geopolitical landscape and everything else. So taking just a step back then for our listeners, in the longer term, what should business leaders be thinking about as it relates to their investments and their operations in China as they move into this next chapter? Thanks, Angela. I think 
the first part of that sort of response has to be getting out of, you know, if we're looking at the medium term and long term, I think it has to be getting out of this kind of short term thinking, right? So we get so many questions sort of around this sensationalized headlines about China, right? And I think we got to make sure people outside the country, you know, um, and it's not to say that these issues are trivial because none of them are, but, you know, if we continue to stay focused on things like expropriation and detention and personal security issues for China business, you know, the really the, the most sensational stuff, we lose track of all those things that we sort of just talked about in this conversation, right? And I think if we want to focus on those medium and long-term things, we got to get back to answering and understanding sort of the larger regulatory environment here, the priorities of the government and its own objectives, understanding how those policies and regulations are used and are leveraged by competitors. None of that's easy. If it were easy, Contrarus wouldn't have the position it does in, uh, locally here in China. But you kind of have to buckle down and do the hard work of breaking apart those questions. So, you know, you need to understand how to minimize supply chain disruptions. You need to look ahead to understand the business is exposed to operational effects of U.S.-China decoupling. You need to get back to building, as you said, a good, compliant, sustainable business here. And we got to set some of those sort of operational objectives for the medium term and long term. So to your point, Angela, I'd say, you know, the geopolitics and the big headline stuff is important, but we got to make sure we're not being all consumed and taking worst case scenario thinking when it comes to those types of headlines. We got to make sure the geopolitics meets the operational risk and that we can define that well and that c- companies really understand what that means for their business on the ground here. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, you know, taking a step back, I think that some of the key points I heard you say in this entire discussion are the fact that politics is going to take precedent over other types of issues there as it relates to COVID. So again, the question to ask is not so much when's the next lockdown coming or how long will it be, but really then how to position your business to be weathering the ups and downs of the various um, government approaches that may that may come out into the future. And then really thinking as we look into the future, number one, how to separate your own business issues from the noise, because there's quite a lot of it in terms of headline news, and really getting into what's going to actually impact your own business operation. And then number two, making sure you're really clear with your own internal issues, such as compliance, such as business resilience, such as crisis planning, to make sure that you're as shored up as possible and resilient to be actually making money in the market for the medium to long term, because certainly that's a market that would be incredibly hard to walk away from. Um, and we and we see a lot of opportunities there for business for our clients going forward. So it just leaves it to me then, Yifei, to say thank you so much for this great discussion. It's really a treat to be speaking with someone who has been there um, through the ups and downs. I know you've been there a long time and uh, have been through a tough time recently with the lockdown and have been speaking with a lot of our clients and a lot of our colleagues as the weeks have gone by about what businesses really are facing, the issues they're grappling with, and how they're thinking about how to deal with things going forward. So it's extremely interesting information for everyone listening. And I want to say thank you. And that's it for this episode of Asia in Focus. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to our podcast channel. So you will receive all the new episodes that we publish as they come out. 
If you enjoyed what you heard on this episode of Asia in Focus, be sure to subscribe and make sure to check out our other podcasts as well. All of our podcasts are available wherever you listen. Just search Control Risks. You can follow all of our analysis and find out how we're helping businesses build organizations that are secure, compliant, and resilient by visiting controlrisks.com.